Hey guys, this is Andrew from Things I Want to Know. If you like the podcast, please leave a five-star rating. Don't really know why this is important, but it is. So let's get the voice out. Also, don't forget to check out the podcast Paul G's Corner, a podcast where everyone gets a voice. So today on Things I Want to Know, we're going to do it this way from now on? I like it. We're going to do it like this? Why not? All right. So as a brain coach, ST Rappaport offers a unique perspective on unlocking one's true potential. Growing up, ST struggled with reading despite countless hours with tutors. But with the discovery of the Furenstein, I think, or Furenstein, maybe it's the Berenstein, Berenstein Bears kind of thing. I don't know. Method, a series of certifications aimed at improving thinking skills. ST was able to impact all aspects of her life profoundly. The improvement in her cognitive functions boosted her confidence and success in business and saved her 10 plus hours a week. I guess that's cool. But what exactly are cognitive functions and the process of thinking? How does improving them lead to a better life? And what is the Furenstein method? There are just a few questions that we have for ST, and she is prepared to delve into. So join us as we explore the power of unlocking one's true potential and the unconventional ways to become more effective and efficient. The possibilities are endless, and the journey toward a better you could could begin now. So, ST, I hope I pronounced it correctly. Is that right? You did. <laughs> now, how do we pronounce it? Is it... Furenstein or Furenstein? Feuerstein. 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 I got it completely wrong, so whatever. Okay. Feuerstein. Feuerstein, yeah. There's a lot of different people pronounce it different ways. Well, it looks like Feuerstein. Is it German? I wonder. Uh, I looked up a little... Original person. Yeah, what? I looked him up a little bit because I was curious, and it looks like he's from Romania. Yeah, he is from Romania, so but I don't know like where his parents were from originally, you know. So yeah. I don't know where how far back it goes. So tell us one, we always plug ourselves, whatever you're doing at the beginning. So what what are you here just for general knowledge or why why what is your impetus for being on podcasts? Yeah, my purpose on going on podcasts is to help people understand the concepts of cognitive functions, um, which is what Feuerstein um, discovered. Because when we understand cognitive functions, we can understand ourselves and understand other people better. Just like now, trauma is a thing that like people understand and we are able to communicate and deal with people with trauma in a better way because we understand that. So if more people understand cognitive functions, we can improve our lives in that way. Nice. Okay. So what are the basics of this? How do you say it again? Forsting. For, for, for is that right? You just call it the method. <laughs> call it the method. Yeah, call, we'll call it the method. That might be a little bit easier for poor Paul here. 
<laughs> what what are the basic blocks of it? Because kind of walk us through what 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 this is for just a quick just a quick shot. So it's basically understanding that thinking is not one big thing. Thinking is actually made up of 28 parts, 28 cognitive functions. Naturally, some of them are weaker, but some of them are also stronger, which makes it harder for you to do the things you want to do. Interesting. So you you adopted this whenever you were found that you're having trouble with, you know, I mean, just kind of getting into the mode of being an adult, maybe. So I actually, like you've mentioned in the intro, I've actually started improving my cognitive functions in fifth grade. Um, when I went to a bunch of tutors and it wasn't really helping me, my parents were like, okay, time to do something else where they brought in foyers, the mediators, people were trained in this method and they did these sessions with me. We did like no reading stuff, like nothing that you do with the typical reading and instead focused on my, how my brain thinks and processes information. So because it helped me, I knew it was like, Hey, this is cool. I want to learn more about it to help more people. So when I was 17, I started getting in training and that's when I had even more breakthroughs and was able to actually see like the greatness of how, like what this actually does. Okay. So does it take like a particular person trained in this method to be able to do it? Is it like a psychologist, psychiatrist, a certain therapist who actually is skilled in this method? Anyone could learn it. Um, I will say that not everybody who takes the training fully gets it <laughs> just from my experience, like around other people. Um, and it takes practice. Like you'll get the actual training, but you're going to become much better at it when you're actually working with people. Well, who gives the training? So the Feuerstein Institute. Oh, um, okay. That's have, a like, institute. Yeah. Where is this institute out of? Yeah, this institute is in Jerusalem and Israel. Professor Feuerstein, um, after the Holocaust, he, like a lot of psychologists, wanted to like, give up on the children of the Holocaust. They were like, they have tons of trauma and they have tons of stuff and there's like nothing's good. They're, they can't go back into society. Um, he was called to South France to like observe some children. He was a psychologist studying under Piaget and Carl Jung. And oh, he nice. Just, uh, yeah. Piaget? Like, he, yep. Mm-hmm. He was very close with him. And he decided to, like, so he was asked to go like observe these children. And when he said like, there's hope for them, he's like, I know they have trauma. I know that there's brain, like things have happened to their brain, but there's hope. So Israel then like when it was like still starting to become its country, like called him and asked him to like create that center and help people there. Nice. So, um, how does it compare to modern day psychology? Do you know? So it depends on what way you want to, play it yeah he this was like in the 50s where he did like the big foundation part of his work and he spoke a lot about like neuroplasticity when then it was a concept but people didn't actually believe it it only took to like the 90s early 2000s for neuroplasticity to really be a thing yeah so from that perspective he was like more advanced and now people are like catching up to it so what's neuroplasticity for some of our listeners out there who don't know what that is yeah, neuroplasticity is the concept that the brain is always growing and changing. We're growing new dendrites, we're growing new neurons, neuron connections. And even like people think that once you get to a certain age, you can't learn anything else anymore, or it's really hard for your brain to learn more things. But because the brain is always growing, we can always learn and change and do new things. So do you think this type of method 
um, who all can it help? Can it help everybody or can it, is it more targeted for people say with like learning disabilities or trauma or autistic or things like that? Or is it really beneficial for everyone? Yeah, it is really beneficial for everyone. And that's actually why like I'm doing what I'm doing because a lot of people who are trained even in the four scene method and it's like in 40 countries around the world or something are working it either with like learning disabilities or people with special needs or like elderly because like it helps with Alzheimer's and things like that but not enough people with just like high functioning people like me and you who are going about their everyday lives and are doing really well but technically can be doing even better and make life even easier so when I had my biggest breakthroughs as an adult when already things were going really good and it's already like starting businesses and things like that then I was like okay everybody needs to do this because if you could make your life easier then like why wouldn't you yeah so can you give us an example of like what what this method like is is it just like classes is it like you've a lot of deep internal things within yourself i mean what is it what is this method essentially yeah so it's a pencil and paper method you're doing um brain exercises essentially so let's say, for example, there might be like a whole bunch of dots on a page and shapes and you have to find the shapes within the dots. Now, while you are doing those papers, a trained mediator, someone who is trained in understanding the 20 thinking skills is watching how you are doing that paper, because the same way that you are approaching these brain exercises is how you are approaching life. I'll give you an example. Someone, if some, if I see someone looks at this paper and they get really overwhelmed by so many dots and they're like, oh, I just can't do this. I can safely assume, obviously, after like seeing this a few times, that anytime they have a big task, a messy room or like their boss gave them a big job to do and like they don't want to do it. They're also they get overwhelmed because there's too much information for them to do it. It's not that they can't do it. It's that right here. They're just getting overwhelmed by all that pieces of information that it's making it hard for them to do it, which actually comes from one of the 28 cognitive functions. You improve that cognitive functions and anything related to it is better. So what are the 28 cognitive functions? There's like a whole list of them, but if you want, I could I get, to go through all of them to share some of them with you. The highlights. The highlights. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just yeah, curious. Okay, so yeah, so I'll tell you some of them, but there's literally like there's no one more preference than others. But one is clear perception, being able to take information in a clear and organized manner. Another one is understanding time. So right, how long something takes, anything related to the concept of time, understanding space, right, left, north, south, anything understanding space. Another one is holding um, two or more sources of information at once. So being able to hold one piece of information and another piece of information at the same time in order to do a task they're doing. There's comparing, there's defining the problem, giving a thoughtful response. Those are just a few. So one thing that I forgot to ask, and can you, can you give us your credentials on this subject? Yes. So I am trained in all of four-year Steen's um, like trainings of it. They have like multiple levels of training yeah. and I'm trained in all of their Trainings. Are you a, uh, did you have a degree in psychology or? I do have a BA in psychology. I don't talk about it because I don't use it. Like it doesn't well, it, it, mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, it allows people to understand that you, you're not just, you know, somebody off the street going, ah, eh, you know what? This sounds good. I think I'll do that. 
You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's honestly, me. <laughs> like it doesn't do anything. It doesn't help me in any way. I haven't used any of the information that I've learned from there. And why it's really been this training. It's been multiple years of training. And it's through this training that. And it's a like, certification type thing, right? Yes, it is a certification. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. had to go take a test. It's not a degree. Um, not actually test. It's more like weeks of training would go for like a week at a time um to a, a certified center and you like for eight hours a day you're just sitting in mm-hmm. classes and doing exercise and practicing on each other things like that mm-hmm. or That's, school yeah it's kind of like school for yeah. nursing or kind of thing school hands yeah. on school yeah so <laughs> you know a there's a there's a theory and this person may or may not be hated or disliked but it doesn't really matter because he still has all the all the degrees and certifications to back him up is peterson Jordan Peterson, he has speculated that we're going to move away from a from a, a college degree and move into more of a certification type system where you can take all the classes. You, you don't have to you even have to take classes. You just walk and take the test. And the test is what costs. And he says that that's probably what school is going to be 15 years from now, 20 years from now. I hope not nursing school because that's dangerous. Yeah, well, I mean, if you've got to um, do hands-on stuff, but if it's just like you know, learn how to code, you know? Well, yeah. I'm a huge fan of Jordan Peterson. Um, so like nothing, like nothing personal here. I personally think more important than like the piece of paper is the knowledge and like the experience of a person. So I don't know if like we're like, I don't, like I said, like college, like I'm not into that. Um, but I think like the more like the self-education and like people learning things that they're interested in learning in the ways that they're interested in learning. So this, this method, is it, um, have you used it in, uh, like practice, like a private practice with people or, um, do you have like a, a, I guess, I don't know, an office where you help people with this or how, how have you helped people? Yeah. So when I started this, um, I started working like in an office that had private practice and I worked specifically with children, either learn disabilities or like they were really gifted and they had to like learn how to even really smart kids. Sometimes like they have some of their cognitive functions are really strong. So that's why they come across really gifted and they are, but some of their other cognitive functions are weak. So it's making they're overcompensating for other areas of their lives. Um, then when I decided that like, okay, everyone needs to learn this, including adults and stuff like that. I shifted more into working with entrepreneurs and now I just do it um, online. We do it in groups, um, small groups of six and that's my office. So how, how much can someone be helped from this type of practice and where are the, where are the beginning? What do you, what, what's the very first thing you start with? Yeah. So how much there's no limit because you could always improve your cognitive functions. Like I'm always taking and improving my cognitive functions even more. It, it depends on a person, how much effort how much work they're willing to put in to get the result of that. Like, is it worth it to put in the work to improve that cognitive function for how much it's going to help them? Um, but where you start, you actually start is just understanding where each one of your 28 cognitive functions are actually have like a free assessment you could take if you want. Um, it, it just like, yeah, it, no, go ahead and give the about, website. That's fine. Yeah. That's lifepicksuniversity.com forward slash CF. So it's lifepicksunversity.com. P I X university dot com forward slash cf and it just it 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 goes through the 28 cognitive functions what it looks like when it's weak what it looks like when it's strong with a scale from one through five there's no like right or wrong but this way you could just mark yourself and self-assess to see 
um, within all 28, which ones are stronger, which ones are weaker, which ones you need to work on first, et cetera. Kind of like the big five test. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So on this test, the ones you need to work on, does it like give you, um, you're low in this to improve this, you should, you should probably X, Y, and Z, or is that something where you come into play to help them figure out what they need to do to improve on that section? It doesn't have it specifically on, on the assessment afterwards, like to communicate with you and send emails to help you like figure out exactly what you specifically need to do. Um, but I do have like all over social media and stuff like TikTok or podcasts, like they go through the cognitive functions and you could pick out which ones you want to work on specifically. So if you want to work on labeling, I'll give you a whole bunch of exercises to work on labeling or whichever one of the cognitive functions you want to work on. Okay. So you said, are you on TikTok with this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely Life need all Picks your University. links. That way we can put it down. Life Picks University, wherever you go. <laughs> wherever you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, why, why Life Picks? It's a good question with not a really good answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> it goes into a different story if you want to hear. Sure. No, absolutely. <laughs> okay. So... When I started originally after college, um, or actually before in college already, I started a photography business. Okay. Um, and I was doing actually a different method at that time, helping people with photography, like I created a different method. That's, that's basically um, how I started. You know, my this website, this pod that this podcast lives on starts from my portfolio for, for film and video. And that's where this, cool, I guess. it's the same thing. We're, we're, we've started with one thing and ended up doing something else. <laughs> as humans it's really common yes it is <laughs> right um but at that time i was also continuing my training in this Feuerstein method and it's and i was just like doing it on the side more like for favors almost um when i was working with the children and helping them and when i had those bigger breakthroughs and i saw that the results that happened from cognitive functions were greater than any of the other methods that I tried before is like, okay, we're putting everything else on hold. So are you regulated by HIPAA? Is that there? About like talking about clients and things like that. Well, just, it's just in general is what I'm asking. I would assume she would be. I mean, she's a, a, but professional practice. It's not, I'm trying to figure that out. That's all. Well, I mean, Regardless of how she, it leads she me which questions I can ask. Oh, okay, okay. You see what I'm saying? You could ask whatever questions. I'll just change names. If, if, or if give want. hypotheticals. Like, I will get enough details that like people can identify who it is. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, cause can you give us a case and in, in what you were able to do that did, had the best result and what, yeah, and like what was case, that result? Yeah. I like This is one from when I was working with a child It's just cause it's, it's very black and white and it's very common. So people have this often. Um, I had a kid who was, about 10 years old in fifth grade, 11, maybe. And he, he came to me because he had a very big problem with memory. Every time you told him sentence number two, he forgot sentence number one. Sounds like me. So imagine his teachers and his parents, like really, like every time they had to like reteach him everything that they were teaching him the day before and they weren't really getting anywhere with him. So he comes to me in the first session and I'm noticing pretty quickly on that he's using a lot of vague words like this, that, it, there. And he can't really express himself. Even when I'm like asking him to try to explain it, I know from the context, he knows what he's talking about, but he isn't able to express it. So 
like through questioning and working with him, I quickly realized that he was struggling with the cognitive function of labels. In his brain, whenever you told him something, instead of it being organized, like how most people's information gets organized, it just went into a big pot of mush of all other information it went in and the information went into that pot. So afterwards, when you asked him a question about it, he couldn't remember it because he couldn't pull it out of the pot. He didn't have a label to re like to hook hook onto it and take it out. So what we did was we worked on improving that cognitive function of labeling, nothing to do with memory, just working on exercises that worked on labeling. And within two weeks, he was on par with his class and able to follow along, tell you back a story and all those other so-called memory issues went away because it wasn't a memory issue. Walk us through what labeling is. Yeah, exactly. Because we, Andrea and I immediately thought of something else. I can guarantee siloing. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, we thought we we considered it siloing, which is a some a term we use in, in interpersonal. It's not a medical term where we throw away all the people into one spot, like uh, white people over here and Asian people are over here, and know. the buckets and the yeah. labeling. That's so, kind of how where my brain went. I guess because yeah. that's what I'm familiar with. So describe labeling in your yeah aspect. the part the the syntax is much different. Yeah, that would probably be related to different cognitive function we could go to afterwards. But labeling is about giving things a name and calling them their proper name so both your brain and other people understand what you're talking about, right? Like, why is this a mic? I don't know why it's actually called a mic. You may know. But the fact that I know it's a mic and you know it's a mic, my brain can understand it and put it in those groups that you're talking about almost, right? It can't organize it because I know it's a mic and you know what I'm talking about when I say a mic, etc. So his brain didn't have names for a thing. It just had like pictures and it just went into this mush and it couldn't, he couldn't say this was a mic, this was a phone, this was a pen, etc. Which is going to be really hard for, for those of us who automatically do that, like you and I, to be able to understand. Yeah. So how did you help him learn labels? Did you have like, I'm guessing off the top of my head, like flashcards? I mean, how did you, how did you help him? Yeah. Similar to flashcards, except that like the exercise or our exercises developed by Professor Feuerstein, the one that identified these cognitive functions. So they're, they really work on like building like very systematically from what type of pictures. So it just, giving pictures names and then more specifically, not just their names of memory, but more like answering questions. So it's not like a memory test because everything's right in front of him, but ask answering questions where he has to specifically give the label and focusing on giving the label. What what it's actually called the noun Mm. or the noun of it. It's like the microphone is attached to the wire, which is attached to the board, which is attached to the computer. And um, it's more of a, I, I, I see it. I, I see it. It's more of a, a cow stands in a field. Why? Well, the cow stands in the field because it likes to eat grass. That's where the grass is. Okay, fine with the grass. I think that's what she's trying to get at. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Now, uh, even people who are good at labeling, a lot of times we don't sometimes use it because we assume the other person knows what label we are talking about. And that is many times where arguments happen because we're both using the same label, but we have, we give different meanings. Yeah to the label. That's right? what happens when so, I say I'm not speaking the same language as someone. Cause you and I, Andrew, we speak the same language. I can talk to you. You know yeah. what I'm talking about. The basis, the, the building blocks of what we understand are similar enough to where we don't fight some most of the time. However, my buddy Donald and I, 
the building blocks of our language and how we consider and look at things are so different that I and my brother, Roger, mm-hmm. I can't talk to them without detailing out every damn word and going into super detailed description or else they fight with me because they think I'm meaning something complete that I, I, I'm like, I, where did you get that? I did not say that at all. And so I call it speaking different languages. Yeah. Yeah. It makes English. sense. Yeah. So how how is something like that fit into this? Do you understand what I'm talking about, ST? Oh, 100%. Yeah, that, that that's super common. Super common what you just shared. Um and yeah, it's just being a being clear like you said about the finding before what we're talking about before we get into the discussion. I know it's like very nitty-gritty sometimes and painful and and annoying <laughs> and I just, you know, it's it's there's a lot of murder that happens around those kind of things, I think, or oh, at least gosh. attempted murder or at least thoughts of murder or at least I just want to kill them. I hope they go away. Maybe that's where we go. It's probably <laughs> the start. I'm not sure. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> <laughs> but when these things really matter, like think of it, right? Like an, like legal contracts, like the first half of it is just like defining terms, yeah. right? Like defining the label. They have to. Exactly yeah. for this. Yeah. Right. Exactly for this issue. A car is that thing that drives down the wheel or drives yeah, down the road okay. with the wheel. That may explain yeah. why well, I'm having to do work up policies and procedures at my work and they have definitions. And I'm like, why do we need definitions? And they're like, so we all understand everything. I'm like, this the is definition re- of error is. <laughs> I think it's silly, but you're right. They're all in contracts. They're in policy procedures in the hospital. Oh, without it, Donald and I would never have a conversation. We, we would just sit there. My brother and I, we would just sit there and fight the whole time because I'm like, no, it's not what I'm saying. That's what you're telling me. No, it's not at all whatsoever. You're an idiot. No, you're an idiot. And then, you know, just fisticuffs. So maybe when you carry on a policy, like a, a definition book with you, and you I know. get exchange paperwork before you guys start having a conversation. <sighs> <laughs> You walk around to the lawyer. <laughs> Here's Paul's so definitions annoying. and translated into his definitions. So annoying. Because well, the reason why it's annoying for me is because I'm the one that has to break down and do the and do the explaining. Uh, because the other person is so uh, taken aback and offended that I would say such a thing. I'm the one that has to sit there and say, "No, this is what this means. This is what this means. This is what this means." And we argue about what the word "is" is. If you remember that from the 1990s in the impeachment trial, Bill Clinton, oh God, they argued for days over about what the word is is. To me, that's petty and dumb. I mean, they okay. use the word "is" to describe the word "is" in the question or in the question Bill asked the prosecutor, and I was like, "Come on, man, you're just trying to stall this and turn it all over, man. Come on, just." Get it over with. So what are common things that adults have that I guess this method can help? Yeah, there's a whole so many of them. Um, It's about getting like clear on identifying what is the same thing that is happening over and over again that is making the same problems in your life, because it usually comes from the same cognitive functions. I like to tell people it's a, a challenging challenge, but it's worth it. For a week, walk around with a notebook or notes on your notes app on your phone. And anytime you have get into a struggle or challenging situation, write down the specific point in which you get struggled. Don't just say editing this podcast was hard. Uh-huh. What was the point in which it was hard? Right. 
or don't Staying, just say like keeping myself from going and drinking. That's what's hard. Oh my God, boss. What? <laughs> what? There's TV and pizza to be it's TV to be watching, pizza to be eaten, and booze to be drank. Here I am doing a podcast. Huh? As you love it. No hush. Okay. <laughs> if it was a real example, I would go deeper and like, <laughs> why do you feel like you need a drink, right? Because the part that's the challenge at that part, at that moment, is the hard part for you specifically. It's different than it's why it's hard for someone else. That is the point in which you're having a weak cognitive function. So you write down all these points for a week, and then you'll start noticing there's a pattern. The same things happen over and over and over again. Okay. Those are where your weakness is, and that's what you're going to want to work on. Okay, so give us give us a more detailed example for those of us who, who, who understand what you're saying but don't understand the what to write down. Okay. A little bit more detail on what we should be writing down. How should we write it? Okay, so let's see. What was something either of you, uh, let's say, had some sort of struggle with? This could be big or small Snow. in the past couple of days. Snow. Snow. But, no, okay, you got to name one of me now. Uh. He's naming me. I have issues and anxiety with snow and can't get out of my house. <laughs> I live in the sticks, according to him. Well, uh-huh. I cannot help it that the local, the 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 states, or the county song is the banjos, the dueling banjos. I don't know if you're very familiar with Arkansas, but I live in Carroll County, and it's it's pretty. I live on the end of a dirt road. It's gorgeous, but if it snows, you don't get out of there until it completely melts. And, and if you go out after midnight, you either turn into a werewolf or trapped in a hole in the ground where you have to put lotion on your skin oh my god it's not that bad it's not that bad anybody who ever wants to visit arkansas is going to be like nope i'm out <laughs> i don't i don't know so i have an issue I, I get upset at stuff what do i get upset at people don't understand you pretty much that's what she just said yeah yeah i hate that yeah that irks you more than anything i'm pretty i'm pretty well straight to the point that i don't really ever hide what i'm thinking no, you don't. <laughs> that could be good and that could be bad. And I don't care. In my job, I have to be really careful because yeah. I'm a manager. I can't. They can piss off. I don't care. I can't like sit there and think what I really, you know, I, I have to. I got some tired sense. of doing that. I get tired of having to explain myself all the time. I'm tired of it. I don't care. If you don't understand me, go away. If you think I'm being rude and being mean, go away. Because you obviously don't know who I am. You're not taking the chance to get to know who I am because it's not who I am. Maybe these cognitive functions can help, though. For them. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything like in this like method where really it takes two people doing something in order for it to work for both people, like couples or something like that? I'm just thinking like this might be marriage counseling kind of thing that people could go to. You're not communicating. It does help with relationships. 100% I've seen that all the time. Um, But most definitely it's always like a challenge whenever you're working with another person is whose cognitive functions was it that got into the way? So if you're giving someone instructions, right? Like as a manager, was it because your cognitive functions didn't give you made it that you didn't give clear instructions or was it because their cognitive functions were weak? So they didn't understand your instructions. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. It goes both ways. So we obviously we can't change other people. We can only take responsibility for ourselves and improve our cognitive functions. But at the same time, we can understand but we can understand the concept of cognitive functions. And then instead of getting mad at them for not understanding us, we could try to, 
we can talk to them in a way we like now know it's because of a cognitive function. It's not because they're trying to be mean and it's not because like they just have a weak cognitive function, right? Like just like you don't get mad at a baby if he can't walk. You can't get mad at someone if they have a weak cognitive function. It's you like can if you tell it, get in the car and it's like, no, if I'm the, not going to do it. Then the you ba- can get mad at them. The baby's 17. Well, by then it's not really a baby. Well, but. a baby. It, it, if they're doing that, they're a baby and if they, even if they're 85. See your your definition of labels. Now I know. Now I know why you get in this problems. <laughs> so so really though, I I, I want to reiterate that. How what? Because I want to know um, what when you go and find you're doing something and it bothers you, and you're hacked off about it, and you're like, this is frustrating me. How do we write it down, and how do we decide what to write down? Do you write down like the incident per script as it happened or do you write down your feelings or do you write down, what do you write down? Right. So you're going to want to write down the, you don't have to write the whole story, like a sentence or two about the moment in where you got frustrated. So let's say, for example, if you're talking to someone and they didn't understand the words, so say he didn't understand when I said the word house, or let's say, for example, if you are trying to, um, cook dinner and you're not sure what to cook like you're like okay i hate cooking dinner and it's not like i hate cooking dinner it's like i don't know what to cook for dinner right or let's say for example you are you're driving down the highway and you like made a wrong turn you made another wrong turn you're getting really frustrated you're like i can't go to these places they're just too far for me it's like no i am struggling to follow the map so that is why i'm always getting lost right like What's the point in which you're actually having the struggle? So it takes some awareness, but that's why you have to do it for like a few days. So it sounds like you're like getting in, digging a little bit deeper as to what made you upset versus writing down, I got mad because I I don't want to cook dinner. It's actually figuring out the actual cause and the actual deepness as to what the problem is. Yes, that's exactly it. We're solving the core issue instead of just putting on a bandaid. Makes sense. Okay. Okay. Well, what, what, so what about the folks that say there's nothing wrong with me? It's yeah. your fault that this is happening. Yeah. We have, how are fight. you supposed to handle as someone who's trying to figure it out when every time you write it down, you realize they're mad at me. They're mad at me. I, I did this, but I don't feel like that's a problem. And I wasn't frustrated, but they're mad at me. How do you okay. how do you deal with that? But why we're not the point of this exercise is not to change other people. It's for yourself. So why are they getting mad at you? Because they're jerks. <laughs> I think he's trying to give the example of There's nothing I could do somebody for my brother to make him not think I was the problem. Like a suggestion was maybe like you could suggest to somebody, hey, I, th- I think you might want to talk to somebody about whatever it is that's bothering you. It's perfectly OK to go to counseling and they turn around and tell you, well, I'm not the one with the problem. It's everybody else. It's everybody else. Yeah. And in those situations, if you're just doing this, this method for yourself, there is nothing you can do. Right. Because, I mean, it's it's you can only improve yourself. So if that's how they feel, then they're going to have to do the method themselves. There is also, if you want to, if you do want to like take the approach of helping other people, you could do what I call mediation. Um, when, whenever I work with the client and this is really with anyone, whenever you're trying to help anyone, instead of telling them what to do, ask them questions because nobody likes being told what to do. So you want to 
help them come to the conclusion by themselves. So if they're like saying, oh, like you're a jerk or whatever it is, you're going to want to ask them, why am I a jerk? Ask them questions that is going to help them going from where they are right now. Right now, they think you're a jerk and you're getting into their space and you're asking them why. And you're going to, based on their answers, you're going to bring them to where, like to the better place of where you want it to go. To kind of make them like the whole thing with kids, you try to like basically try to make them think that it's their idea and it's fun. Exactly. But the question is, the question I have is how, how you can't, I don't feel it's appropriate to change the way you perceive or act. If it's to placate someone else. I think that's in, I think that is the worst thing you, you, you should, you should understand if if you're not doing it's like an abusive it's like in an abusive relationship. If there's a man and he's telling the woman that she's no good and she's never always burns his dinner even when she doesn't, and he's he's telling her she's ugly and fat and all this stuff, um, and it's not true. Even if it is slightly true, it's still not true. True, right? Um, how does it? And she takes upon this method to get as be a better person. All of the, you know, it, it, how in the world are you supposed to continue to talk to that person? Let's just say you have to. Let's say you're on a desert island and you can't leave. And, you know, the desert island's half a mile wide and a half a mile deep. And there's nothing you can do to get away from them. How do you deal with that person? Is, would this Your method help that? a really extreme example because I, I had to close relationship, it. Like, you're going to want to get out yeah. yeah but i do believe that if you part of mediation is the in order to do mediation you need to first have what we call in fancy language is just called intentionality and reciprocity it's like where you're connecting with the person where they understand you're in it for your good you are not going to be able to use this method where you're trying to manipulate them that's not the point if you really care about your brother and you really want him to see that there's another perspective you have to be willing to talk to him in a way where his brain understands and ask him questions that his brain understands and slowly bring him out from his stuck mindset of where he is right now yeah Yes, it I, takes a long time. I, I agree with that. And that's that's the kind of the method that I was using whenever I was in insurance. Um, I could bring anybody, almost anybody out of their shell. There's always somebody. But the, I could almost bring almost anybody out of their shell and bring them over to, to listen and, and get in the little fantasy world that I was trying to tell them about. You know, it, what happens when you die? What's well, a fantasy world? To be honest with you. But it is a fact. Somebody, yeah. You're going to die. Just we don't know when. Um. So I had to do that kind of stuff to be able to get people into the into the space I was in so I could sell them insurance. But my brother also did that and he knows those tricks. So in and people like Donald, he's an interesting guy. He's a nice guy. He's a really nice guy. You you can rely on him. He's a good man. Um but sometimes he's difficult to talk to for somebody like me. And I just don't have, I've never been able to figure that out. How in the world I'm supposed to talk to this person? I could follow my sword all day long, but it's still my fault. I think what he's trying to say is, is he gets kind of upset with feeling like he has to change who he is 
in order to be able to keep the peace and, and be, be friends, and with, be somebody friends else. with somebody. And I think for him, I'm just speaking as no, you're, 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 you're that on. it's, you, you start to get resentful a little bit that you have to change who you are in order to, I won't change who I am. I get, I, I used to have to do that all the time and it was the worst possible thing. That I, I had to come to terms with who I am, come to terms with my faults, come to terms with what I'm not good at, where I'm deficient because we are deficient people. You know, we have our, some we're smart in some areas and dumb in others. That's just being alive. Right. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you agree? This team. A hundred percent. So it's, I, I guess, I don't know if, I guess the method is really about interpersonal or introspectional in, introspectional. Intros, is that a word? It's not, it should be. Damn it. I made it up. It's me. Okay. We'll put, put it in the dictionary. Yes. I, I, which picture should I use? Put next to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking. I don't know the monkey one that you have in the monkey one. Yeah. So, is there any person that this method just can't help? No, the method is can help for everyone. It's not, but it's gonna. Not every person trained in the method is gonna be good for everyone. Does that make sense? Yeah. Kind of like a therapist isn't a fit for it. You have to have a the therapist has to be the right fit. Well, if they're words. not speaking the same language exactly. at their roots, like, you know, Donald is a therapist. He'd be a terrible therapist for me. So question. I'm just going to say one second. Quick thing, Paul. Yeah. Don't change any. You don't have to change yourself. Like, I'm, yeah, like I'm not said, going to don't change it. Right. It's not when you're like speaking to the other person. It's not about changing yourself. It's about deciding if you want to help them yes. see another perspective yeah okay. and, and as as you as, like, can avoid if you understand why the other person is doing what they're doing whether it upsets you or whether it upsets them it allows you to be friends and allows for you to not be hateful towards the other person because empathy is where our understanding should come from not sympathy, which is a much different thing. Empathy. Put yourself in their shoes. And if you can do that, even if you think it's stupid and wrong what they're doing, but if you can put yourself in their shoes and understand their point of view, then 90% of the fight goes away. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And that's, but, but not everybody can do that. And I think what you're talking about, ST, is, is, is building the capabilities of understanding empathy as based on an individual basis with yourself and with other people. It's just, it's, it's it's an assumption I'm making. So yes. And also just to add to that, considering another person's perspective and seeing another person's point of view is another cognitive function. So if somebody's weak in that, it might be hard for them. Yeah. I think a lot of people are weak in that. Actually. I don't think it's really taught that much anymore. I think it, it, it's there. You can do it, but you have to be taught how to do it correctly. And I've always tried to instill that in my kids about think about the other side of the coin, the other side of the fence. Think about the other person before you jump to conclusions. Yeah. It's stuck with some more than others of my children. But um, I always, always just say, you know, the person that's picking on you, maybe they have problems at home you're not aware of. Usually. And, you know, usually we were right. I mean, we end up finding stuff out. Like in CASA, always trying to be a little bit more open-minded to what the mom or f- person is that lost her child. I, I deal with CASA. So um, it's, it's for people CASA who is a court appointed assistant advocate for children in foster care um, paired with a child that's in foster care. And I help them navigate the foster care system by being their advocate in court. 
I'm not affiliated with DHS or any of the attorneys. I'm a total. She's the voice of the child. Voice of the child, literally. So I'm. I was trained. I'm. Don't. I deal heavily with you know child protective services and you know the, the court system and stuff as an advocate. But I. I don't get paid for them. I don't work for them specifically. I'm totally independent. But we work closely together. So it's. I've always tried to tell other advocates and other people be mindful of the struggles of the mom, even though they're frustrating for us that they're kind of giving up on the kid and, and whatnot, try to be a little bit more empathetic because, you know, it could easily be us in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God I don't have kids. Yeah. I'm just telling you. Hand grenades. Yeah. (laughs) Kids. No. So question, say little old Andrea here that lives in rural Arkansas, say somebody wants to do this method and they're really, really interested in it. Do they, how do they contact? Yeah, who do they contact? Do they just go to the Google and see? Because we don't really have anything around here. So if we were to do it, it'd have to be online probably. But night, night vision Googles. Yeah, Googles. Because <laughs> you know, I think we would have any any type of edge stuff like that. We'd have to go to Little Rock for if they even have it, or only certain. Or you could do it online, I guess. Online, or is there only certain areas in the U.S. that have this kind and of? How training? do we check their certifications to make sure that they're actually certified, and not just some quack? Yes. So. My first question to you is would be like how much you would are wanting to get into this because you could either just do this by yourself. There's enough like free content out there. Put a lot of it out. There's some other people that do and you could just like work. Okay, I want to work on labeling and I want to focus for the next month on labeling. Very good. Um, The thing is that because we are living in our bodies and our brain has learned to live with our deficiencies because or else we would be going crazy. We don't always know what our deficiencies are. So sometimes we need someone who's trained on the outside to be able to help you identify them. So that way your life could actually be easier. So if you want to do the, do it properly and fully, there are a lot of people who yes, do it online. So you could um, research Google, like the Feuerstein method, um, you would want to make sure that it, like you said, that it is someone not just trained, but actually good. Um, so if there's someone, you if you could like get referrals from them, ask them to, if you could get like referrals and speak to them specifically and like, feel free to like drill your referrals. Like people call me, I'll like they like online, like I work only online with adults, but um, like I have all the people that I like, I'm like, okay, you have special needs. This is the person I'll recommend you to. You have you're like a young child. I'll recommend you to this person. Alzheimer, right? Like that sort of thing. So if you could get a recommendation or just just Google and find someone and, and, and do your research, it will be worth it. So they, so I'm just guessing. It sounds like Brooklyn, but could be New Jersey. Which one? You're really, really good. I am from New Jersey originally. <laughs> I did study in England for two years, so it's a little bit different because I think I picked up some aspects from Yeah, there. I was thinking New Jersey because it sounds a lot like the Sopranos. <laughs> you <should hear> that. <laughs> Most people can guess it, I must say. <laughs> but, it, you know, Brooklyn, because it's so weak, it's not strong and prevalent all the time. It could be Brooklyn, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, but it's, but it's, it's the wah, wah, that definitely Jersey. Oh, <laughs> we, we probably sound like a bunch of hillbilly hicks to her. How's it going? Can you tell me about this fur, Ferenstein bear for a thing that's going on here? I want to know what that is. Do I need to get me some porridge or what? Oh, my God, stop. <laughs> Poor woman's going to be like, oh, my God, what am I doing? <laughs> no, I actually, like, don't hear accents. I've been, like, around so many accents in my life that, like, I 
am. I just, I'm, I'm like clueless. <laughs> like I'm really <laughs> conscious to hear it. <laughs> no, I, I went to college up in Michigan and when I would go up there, people would- this- Well, you had speech therapy when you were a kid. <laughs> yeah, right? I did have speech therapy. So a little bit. So uh, I had to learn to speak because I was on the radio at 24. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So today's hot as country. I'm with Buck and James for breakfast. Oh my God. I woke up in the middle of the night saying that because we had to say it before and after every commercial. <sighs> I said it like 70 times a day. Oh my God. Yeah, it was bad. Ugh. <laughs> I won't complain about the beeping I used to hear in my sleep. <laughs> I used to hear telemetries beeping constantly, your IVs beeping, and I would be meep, like dreaming, dreaming meep, it. Meep. Speaker. Meep. <laughs> so you can't actually sleep and i would like dream wake up and think that i had to go change an iv pole and i would get up and realize oh yeah i'm at my house I'm yeah. obviously i mean it was the she's trying to change the pole on the hat rack yeah i mean it's the <laughs> so why isn't this working <laughs> the lovely lovely i can't get the <laughs> the cat's like stop <laughs> to everybody appreciate your nurses when they come in with this giant like 64 ounces of coffee <laughs> wake up please drink the coffee so you don't accidentally stab me in the eye <laughs> oh, no. we're that bad but i think night shift has it the worst because oh yeah ugh. so it's you can find some of this online and now is this an accepted uh, psychological practice inside of the psychology circles or in what if if not why it depends on which country really in america not so much okay yes really um yes that is i th- i think mostly just because um it was like very progressive when he was very into it and they shot him down very quickly yeah. in the beginning um he he like did, he he created like his own psychology like psychology tests to be used instead of like iq tests or like the woodcut johnson and things like that and people really didn't like it because they his thing was more dynamic he was about like being able to see what's the before and after iq is in static and if you help people learn to think a little bit differently, then they will actually be able to understand what you're talking about versus IQ tests usually are like follow very rigid yeah. procedures. Right. And, and they don't like it that they messed up his system. So to, it just like, hasn't been like updated ever since. Well, you know, it seems like a lot of it though has been wrapped into psychology, but I do know in 1994, when I went to school and I've said this on the program before, when I went to school, I was going to be a, I was either going to be a psychologist or a journalist. And when I found out they paid journalists um, thirty five thousand a year for having a master's in journalism, you get thirty five thousand a year working for the newspaper. I said, you know what? I'll sell insurance because I, I'm not going to waste sixty thousand dollars of my money on a thirty thousand dollar a year job. Nope. So anyway, and then the psychology aspect of it. I, I was t- I was in my second round of classes, and I re- they they explained to me, and this is ninety four. It's changed since then. In ninety four, all we had, if you, if they didn't understand what your your mental illness was, you were schizophrenic, and they just lumped you into schizophrenic. And I had I I saw that and I didn't want to have anything to do with it. I was like, this is this is not not right. And but I kept studying. And I kept, I, I like Jordan Peterson because you can go and watch his classes. You could take graduate level psychology yeah. classes for free from Jordan Peterson on YouTube. The whole class is there. How does the college not shut that down? I don't know. Well, it's because it's public funded in Canada. 
Mm. This is a Canadian college. Okay. Right. So yeah, you can so you can watch that, and Peterson's not teaching you the Peterson racist method or anything like that. What what doesn't matter what you think of Peterson, what he's actually teaching was in the textbook and in the it was approved by the college, and because it's online, they watched it. So what what you're getting is actual good psychology classes. You should watch it if you are interested in psychology at all, regardless of what you feel about Peterson. So that's. But, you know, the latest stuff he does is a little bit political. And I kind of kind of quit watching it a little bit um, because it just got really political with Peterson. Um, but his early stuff. He was always you compl- can, you complaining about Canada, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. He complains about Canada constantly now. He's like always upset about Canada. There goes my light. Oh, well. <laughs> He's not a friend of Trudeau. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I don't listen to enough of Peterson. I just haven't because I don't know. I got thousands of other things to do. Yeah. Well, if, you, if you're interested in psychology, you can, like I said, there's YouTube classes. Every lesson of them are online and it's an accredited class that, I mean, he, the man taught at Harvard for crying out loud. So yeah, I think it's worth it. You know, what, what's your opinion on, on the state of, of, of psychology today, ST? I think it has a very long way to go. I think um, even now we've made big improvements since 1994 of just clumping everyone together. But I do also think that they're very, very fast label people. Yes. And very fast, um, like not actually solving problems. Um, Like I'm not anything like I'm not against medication and I'm not saying like not to do it. But I think that it's way too much, way too fast and way too um, like not done very well and we're not we're not actually looking at the problems of why is this person getting anxiety why is this person obviously some things are genetic and i'm not like saying things but yeah it doesn't like there's there's different solutions and there are better ways to do that one of the things that i do is actually help people develop a part of the brain include focusing so they get off like um anything with for like adhd um, obviously with a psychiatrist, I'm not a doctor, yeah. I'm not trying to pretend to be, but by developing that part of the brain to help them to be able to focus. So things like that, I wish would just be more, I hope it gets more, I don't know. I don't see it happening very t- anytime soon. I agree with that. Unfortunately, it's the, the, it's the pill thing. They're, they want to give you a pill to fix you. And that's not psychology, man. You're not going to fix anybody with a, anybody's emotional standard with a pill. Well, a lot of that problem is. The physicians that I've worked with have ran into, they'll give you the antidepressant to help you, but they'll send you to counseling. But because counseling is so expensive, a lot of people can't afford it, that they'll just take the medication and that's it. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's, a bit- that's sad, but depending upon, like, for me, for... Um, 500 a month is what I was quoted. Is It's 150 per kid. So if I want to send... I have a son that's transgender, so he has to sometimes... He's, part of his therapy plan is to see a counselor. It's like 150 a pop and they want to see him at least twice a month. That's a lot of money for a single parent for me. For two parents. Well, especially if you want to like buy a car or have food every day. So I think if we can, there's no easy solution, but all I can, the sticks where you get about 30% less money than anybody yeah, else. So for some people it's just, it's, is it right? No, I think you need to have both, but for some people it's the only solution they can afford. Well, I was, I looked into therapy. I used, I was like better help thing that app. And I'm 500 a month. 
don't pay $500. I mean, I understand it's worth it, but I can't. It's like, what am I supposed to do? You know, I can't pay for that. Yeah. So it may be just a little mixture of change of practice and people affordability. it's a lot. That's part of it. There's also the fact that not all therapists are good. Yeah. Unfortunately, people, right, like going to therapy because of therapy. Um, there's there's a lot. There's a lot to it. A lot that has to be fixed. But at the same time, we've come a long way since. No, it's much better. Than oh, yeah. 1950s. You've oh, got that book. I have what a was... Merrick manual. It's uh, founded at a. What's a Merrick manual? Merrick manual is kind of like the physician's Bible of looking up like diagnoses and things yeah. like that and whatnot. And I bought it because it was I was just. 1950s. 1950. I thought it'd be funny to look up. So I was looking up heart attack. Okay. Nowadays, standard of care, if you have heart attack, you go to the cath lab and they open up your arteries, or you open heart surgery. I mean, and there, stent. stent in 1950, it was bed rest. <laughs> so I laugh at what that. Was, uh, what was the anxiety in women? What was anxiety in women was dysteria. Yeah. And I'm laughing and laughing and laughing because I'm thinking, wow, it's really. So we've come. Give her, give her some sleep pills at night and give her some methamphetamine during the day so she'll clean the house. And then you can put her back to bed at night. Well, dysteria. Go to sleep. It's okay. The treatment for dysteria was Valium. <laughs> so I'm thinking this explains the 1950s housewives really enjoying Valium. Yeah. So I and mean. And they really enjoyed the, uh, the uppers during the day because they get all the housework done. So it, it, we've come a long <laughs> way in medicine, but they had, there was no schizophrenia. There was like schizophrenia in there and then there was. That was it. If I remember yeah, correctly. That's but, it. Um, in it's, the book. it's weird because Freud and Young both go deep into the psyche and they both identify a lot of these issues. But for some reason, their colleagues and the people who followed up on them and, and wrote stuff, it's like maybe one every 10 years comes up with new stuff un- until recently. And they just didn't. It's like nobody wanted to put the work in for some reason. You know? Yeah. So to everybody out there, thank God you don't live in the fifties and yeah. had a heart attack. You probably <laughs> Or the nineteen twenties when they thought the only way to cure a woman's anxiety was to bring her into the psychiatrist to give her orgasms. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So the the psychiatrist has given her orgasms. What the fuck? Oh, oh thank God for me too. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that's my job. <laughs> no, so I, I think, or we, I guess you know, it could be her friend's job. Well, I don't know somebody else's job besides your therapist, isn't that? Isn't that? That's like it. See, that's not fair. They could go in. I just, I just thought of this. They could go in and get a, 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 an orgasm from their therapist, but I can't go down to the Chinese massage place to get an orgasm from my massage massage therapist. In the nineteen twenties? Well, I probably could then. <laughs> I don't know, man. The happy ending. It's just a happy ending. You want happy ending? Yeah. Uh, what's that? <laughs> oh, I watched this one. They said they're going to give him a happy ending, and he's just, he's getting all prepared. He's like, "Oh yeah, it's going to be great." And then four people come in the room, and then they have balloons and stuff. Happy, and they start singing to him. It's a happy ending. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Is that on SNL or something? <laughs> it's like uh, he's you know that wasn't what I thought I was getting. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god paul stop now we've said it you did that on purpose it doesn't count we have this thing where he tries to get me to say oh my god paul stop on every single episode. i usually get it i usually get her to do it but she was all cranky and her sleeping right before we turned on the podcast mm. gotta get sleep man <laughs> the joys of a single parent well you had the cat like a cat issue 
I have a cat that likes to lay on my head at night and he's constantly on my head and I have a heart monitor on right now because I have to go back to the cardiologist and he's laying on the heart monitor. I thought, great, how am I going to explain this to the doctors that the cat keeps pushing the button? (laughs) (laughs) I was just like a dog ate my homework. Yeah, I was like, the cardiologist would be like, "Uh uh-huh, what really happened to the heart monitor, you know? (laughs) (laughs) She, she She was practicing her bobsledding. You know, and the cat's probably like, push, 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 push. Poor person on the other end having to look at that monitor going, what is going on? <laughs> at least it's not a camera. That's all I can say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what's, what, is there anything else that you want to uh, uh, leave us with today on, on, on what's going on? And it doesn't matter what, I mean, and just what would, what, what's your uh, final thoughts? Final thoughts. Yeah. I Should think I play music? Um, a little bit. It goes a little bit to answer your question about psychology today. Um, But Carol Dweck is a psychologist in Stanford University. I don't know if you've heard of her, but she say her name again. Carol Dweck. No, not I'm not very familiar with those five people, but you could research her after. But she basically she wanted to um, identify what makes a person successful, whether it's school and business and sports. And she did a lot of research. And what she discovered was there's two types of mindsets. There's a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. A fixed mindset is like the way they are is the way they're always going to be. And a growth mindset is always learning, always growing, understands that like making mistakes is just like part of the process and they're going to fail. And it's like, okay, it's part of it. And that is essentially what is going to get you successful in any area of your life. So whether you're trying to improve your cognitive functions, whether you're trying to connect better with a person, whatever you're trying to do, you would develop that growth mindset, which is the neuroplasticity, is the thing that is like all related to this whole four-year thing. thing. Um, and now it's like she did her research on how the brain actually changes on it is that is the thing that is going to help you be successful. So you made a mistake. It's just part of the learning process. This thing is hard. It's just part of the learning process. Things like that. Simply changing your language is the fastest way to help you go from like a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. So by like saying, I can't do this, like I can't do this yet, or I'm learning how to do this will help your brain start going in that direction. Makes sense. So I got a question. Let's see what you think Mm -hmm. about this. When I was about 25, 24, I got tired of not being able to concentrate. I got tired of not being able to, to, to understand. And I got tired. I just got tired of feeling like I was uh, muted most of the time. So, and albeit I was going to bars and drinking and hanging out, but I'm going home afterwards, sober, mind you, at least. You know, the statutes ran out, so I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, so I'm going home and uh, I f- it's like, I can't do this anymore. So I'm like, I, f- I started concentrating really, really hard. And it, 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 it's hard to, it's hard to, to explain. I started concentrating really, really hard. I'm going to be this way. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I forced myself to concentrate because it was very difficult for me to concentrate. And I did that for about two weeks. And then all of a sudden, bam, I'm like I am now. Does that have anything? What, what do you think about that? And what was it? How did I do that? Do you have any idea? What does it mean you are like you are now? It changed in what way? I can concentrate. I pay attention. I listen. Um, I can finish tasks. I can I can actually cooperate with people. Uh 
know, I, I my my word uses usage immediately jumped. It's like I turned on a part of my brain that I'd never used before. I don't know yeah. what I did, but I just was like, God, I'm going to do this. And then, and it did it. And I did it. Yeah. What happens is that when you have that mindset of like, I'm going to do this, your brain now starts looking for pieces of information, starts looking for ways for how it can actually do it. So you may have like so-called have known how to concentrate or to use higher words or whatever it was, but your brain didn't allow the information to like in your brain and actually be able to be processed it in a way where you can actually use it by flipping that switch and saying like, I'm going to do this. You now change the connections in your brain to say like, okay, this is important. I'm going to focus on this and start making like those neural connections. So that way you could actually do it. That's what I thought. That's what's what's what I thought I was doing. It's like, I'm going to do this. We are going to do this. No matter what brain, listen to me, brain. (laughs) I pulled it out of my, you're lucky it happened in two weeks. Doesn't always happen that quick, but I guess that shows what your determination. Oh yeah. There's when I took the, uh, the big five test, in the assertiveness category out of 100 people, 99 people in that room, if there were 100 people in that room, 99 people in that room were less assertive than I am. <laughs> yeah. Makes it for a different. I hope you're using life. that in other areas of your life. <laughs> uh, just, you know, just got to keep from thinking about bank robbery or, you know, large heists. Yeah. Let's not go to jail. <laughs> this is Arkansas. They'll fry you for anything. <laughs> What? Nothing. Fry. So this is Arkansas. They'll fry you for anything. Be careful. Well, we do fry a lot of foods. What? See, there it is. Got it. Uh, he's gonna say it. He's gonna put, now we can end the episode. <laughs> he's going to put it on a t-shirt. Oh my God, Paul, stop. You should probably buy that t-shirt. We've, got a, we've got a hoodie in so the, we in have the a swag hoodie. shop. Yeah, a hoodie in the swag shop. So if you guys like oh me God, saying Paul, it, stop. you know, buy it. I'll get that cartoon thing that I had, that I had made uh, on that app. I'll put that up there with a picture. You put your picture up there with the words. Oh, my God. Paul, stop. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't think people want a, a hoodie with my face Are you on. kidding me? <sighs> you always say that. It's like, that's not true. All right. She can't. She can't get over the fact that she's not, you know, she can't get over the fact that she's, she's, she's not who she thinks she is. One of these days. One of these days. Yeah. One of these days. I'll use this method and it'll sink in. Maybe. Maybe. It'll be okay with me. <laughs> He's like, I'll pay for it. <laughs> if if uh, somebody wanted to get a hold of you or look up some research on this, where could they go again? Yeah. For me, it's Life Picks, L I F E P I X, University, Life Picks. If you want to learn more about specifically the method and Professor Feuerstein himself, that's Feuerstein, F E. U E R Steen, S T E I N. Okay. So Baron Steen, not Baron Stein. There's a thing out there. That, so that, if you don't know what I'm doing, it's, it, there's, there's a, a, they call it the uh, Mandela effect. And where a lot of people remember, and I'm one of them, I do remember Mandela dying in prison. But he did not die in prison. But I remember being told that he died in prison. Okay, that's called the Mandela effect, and it comes with Berenstain, Berenstain, Berenstain Bears, an old book that mm-hmm. we all used to read, get read to whenever we were little kids. Mm-hmm. It's not Berenstain, it's Berenstain. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's been pronounced like that. 
that yeah. way forever. Like everybody pronounces it that but way. But it's not Berenstein. Berenstein Bears is not it. Isn't that messed up? That is messed up. Everybody thinks it's Berenstein. Berenstein. It's Berenstein. 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 Stain. The stain, I think it is. Stain. Yeah. Berenstein. It sounds funny. I know, it does, right? It's, it? it's, it's like wrong, but it's not. We we were wrong thinking about it. It's wow. Weird. There's a whole lot of things. If you're interested in that, just Google Mandela effect. There's tons of stuff on that. Where we just as a as a culture, as a as as a cognitive group of people, got it wrong and didn't even know it, and nobody bothered to correct us. Wow. That's what I would keep saying. When the, Can you imagine the author of that book's probably throwing, he or she's throwing oh, up their hands dead. going, probably going, oh my God, fine, just call oh, it that. Roll, they, they, <laughs> they roll it over in their grave because they're dead. Well, you know what I mean? glad so many people know about the book even after they're dead. <laughs> yeah, this is true. They're probably like, pronounce it whatever you want. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Just buy one. Just buy more copies. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm still exactly. getting royalties. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just give me your money. I don't care if you call it the <laughs> the foot stain book. Here. <laughs> Just give me your money. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. So um give me your website one more time just so I remember it. Life Life Picks, Picks University. University.com. Life Picks. Mm-hmm. It's different because it's yeah. I was thinking, why is someone saying they're doing the Furenstein or whatever it is? I can't, I'll never say it right. Method and, The Method. Yeah. And they're coming from a a, a photographer website because that's what I mean. I immediately recognize because I'm a photographer. I'm a video guy, so that's that's what I do for a living. And so it for me, it was like, what? I knew exactly what that website was originally. <laughs> hey, but that's okay. There's it works. Wrong with it works. That. Absolutely. So it works. <laughs> what else have we got coming up? Um, Do we even know? Yeah. We missed the mushroom guy. We had a yeah. big snowstorm last weekend, and we weren't able to talk to, to talk to our, our our mushroom man who was going like, to talk to us about the psychedelics. Yeah, yeah I was kind of disappointed when that one. I kind of heard that. We've got... So we're now an episode behind. The Jedi guy. Oh, the Jedi him. clan. Jedi clan, yeah. A bunch of people. I better make sure that they're, they're all just middle class people. I've got to remind them that they have a podcast because they're not... Yeah. Yeah, they're just they're just folks that work work you know work regular jobs. We've got industrial espionage. Oh, I'm so excited about that one. I want to know that, especially with the China balloon. Yeah, Chinese. This guy's been in a Chinese jail. I mean, we shouldn't you know. Yeah, we got one. Is that the same guy from the Chinese jail? No, nope. It's a different guy. The next, then the week after that, it's the guy that was he spent time in a Chinese jail. Yeah. Right, yeah. and then we have um, the person that was from Iran that can help in, with improving relationships. Really? Yes. Interesting. March 11th. I mean, that's when we we're record. booked out till April. Yeah. You're going to court? No, I said it's, it's March 11th. We're booked out for. Oh, I thought you said court for some reason. No, I ain't going to court. I hope not. No. Who are you suing? I don't know the air. I don't know. I'm not suing anybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which one do you look forward to the most? China I, balloon? The industrial spy thing, all these balloons floating over here and. Yeah. I'm kind of curious. All these balloons floating over here. Your accent's coming out. I don't know. I can't help it. <laughs> Welcome to Arkansas. <laughs> Other than that, that's all that I know of. I mean, you made me some. You made me some fried chicken last night. Yeah. This so is my, you, my daughter had her boyfriend over, so we cooked chicken. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah, he made him any words, wouldn't he? Yes. He's like no, fifteen, yes, and they're probably no. afraid of us. Well, I hope so. Yeah, me too. That helps. It makes things easier. <laughs> 
All right. Is that it? I don't know. What else you got? Uh, that's it that I got written down. That's it. I'll, I'll get written down there. Just like, stop making fun you of me. I can't help it, man. It <laughs> pops out when it wants to. You know, I am from here, so I can't help it. My, my mother likes your voice on the radio. Yeah, that's very nice of her. And she doesn't give compliments out. Like I said, I she's not. We're, I'm not. My family's not Jewish, but if there was a Jewish mom, she'd be it. Yeah, she would be. She's she she. Her currency is is guilt. <laughs> I guess that's what I do as a Jewish mother is guilt. <laughs> now the truth comes out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess uh, keep listening because China Balloon. I want to know about that. Me too. All right. Is that it? I think so. All right. Bye. Bye. Andrea and I need your help. If you like our episodes, please give us a five-star rating and a review. Not sure exactly how that helps us, but it does, and it makes people want to listen. When they see that five stars and a good review from you, so go to wherever you're listening to your podcasts, Apple iTunes, Spotify, iHeartMedia, wherever, and hit that five stars. Five stars.